When you think of cigars, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Cuba? Business tycoons? Maybe it's the smell and the image of the smooth, brown, perfect tobacco leaf that wraps around the outside. Cigar wrapper tobacco is a specialty crop traditionally grown in the New England states. Increased consumer demand for cigar products is piquing the interest of North Carolina farmers, many of whom have the infrastructure for growing tobacco from the Burley tobacco heyday. On today's episode of Farms, Food, and You, we take a look at cigar wrapper tobacco as a new and emerging crop in North Carolina. We chat with Matthew Van from the NC State Department of Crop and Soil Sciences and discover what he's doing with the $60,000 grant awarded to the department that will help him develop recommendations on fertilizer rates, curing methodology, and enterprise budgets to foster the success of cigar wrapper tobacco. I think we've come a long way uh, with some of this research and establishing some recommendations over the last few years. But to kind of tell this story, you know, I, I, I can't take all the credit for sure. This has been a, a team effort. And really, where this seed got planted was was in a conversation I had with uh, one of our tobacco uh, supervisors at a research station. So uh, I was with my team at Mountain Research Station in Waynesville, and we were actually working in some Burley research uh, at the time. And in a very, you know, I guess kind of, you know, one of those things that happens just by pure fate, the conversation that we were having um, steered towards cigar wrapper. Um, so again, we're standing in a in research plots that are dedicated to Burley tobacco, which has been the long standing style of tobacco or type of tobacco that we've grown in Western North Carolina. Um, and, and presently, you know, if you look at the acreage, it has dr- dropped or decline dramatically from the early 2000s to today. Um, we probably grow about 400 to 500 acres of that style of tobacco uh, in North Carolina. So we would be the, you know, probably uh, lowest producing state, uh, you know, of all the states that grow burley tobacco. So, you know, I'm standing again with the tobacco supervisor at the time, Chad Moody, and he says, you know, with with this decline in burley, and it doesn't seem like that market is really coming back to Western North Carolina. What about cigar wrapper tobacco? And it was one of those things that, you know, I'd never really put all of these little independent thoughts together to, to kind of get that far outside of the box. But here, here we are, we had somebody who had a vest, a vested interest to try to help, you know, find a replacement for this, this burly tobacco that was no longer being produced commercially. And when you look at, Again, my opinion, the hole that the loss of Burley left in Western North Carolina, there's not really been this transitional crop to come in and and really, you know, kind of plug all those, the holes in the dam, so to speak, across the board. You know, certainly I think there are some things that have really emerged in certain areas, but it's not been across the whole mountain range uh, or on those farms. So, you know, that was where the conversation got started. So, you know, it was it was really too late to do anything in that particular season. And I, and I believe that would have been probably 2018. Um, you know, again, we'd already had our, our, our research trials laid out and initiated. So it was too late to, to start anything that year. So I held on to the idea and then had a conversation with some of my industry colleagues uh, that work within that style of tobacco. And again, just I think as as fate may have it or pure luck. Uh, there, there seemed to be a really big demand for that style of tobacco all of a sudden. 
Uh, and it just seemed that maybe the, the more traditional places in the U.S. that were producing that tobacco maybe couldn't meet demand or they just, again, needed to kind of branch out and, and perhaps diversify some of their sources. So it really worked out that just a passing conversation and this, this idea from someone else really started uh, something that has now led to where we are. So it's been a really nice story and it's, and it's been a, a big, a lot of big hurdles to overcome, but I think we're finally getting there to, to have, you know, a viable new crop uh, for, you know, maybe some, some smaller acreage or smaller stakeholders in this state. Burley tobacco farmers may be thinking that the transition to cultivating cigar wrapper tobacco would be seamless. Van and his research team have discovered that growing cigar wrapper tobacco and ending up with a marketable product is not quite as simple as growing Burley tobacco. You know, when you think about Burley tobacco, one of, well, the, the primary or the only in-use product is going to be for it to be incorporated uh, into a cigarette. And as the name would imply, cigar wrapper tobacco it does not does not go into a cigarette. It would be it would be used in the production of a cigar. So if you think about a cigar, there's there are three main components to a cigar. You've got the filler inside of the cigar. You've got a binder leaf that holds that filler together, and then a wrapper leaf that goes around the binder. And that's what you see when you buy a cigar. Is that that wrapper leaf? It's got to be perfect, blemish free. Uh, it gives. Uh, a lot of the visual appeal uh, to a cigar, and there are some that believe that it contributes a major, um, contributes a significant amount of flavor and aroma uh, to the consumer. Uh, so, so again, to grow the perfect blemish-free style of leaf, it's a very intensively grown crop. So, you know, there there's a little bit of mechanization that we would use that a burley farmer would be familiar with as far as how we might apply pesticides or, you know, utilize tillage equipment. Um, but by and large, our big difference is going to come in, in sort of how we handle this leaf. So, you know, a burley farmer is, is going to stalk cut the entire burley plant at one time and they're going to hang it upside down in a barn to air cure. We're going to do that with this style of tobacco, but we really can't be haphazard in how we handle um, in how we handle that that leaf. Um, again, any kind of blemish or any kind of physical damage or hole is really going to have a negative impact on on the the final uh, quality assessment for that leaf. So, so by and large, you're going to see a lot of similar practices, except it's going to be more labor intensive just because of how it has to be handled. Um, and then we're going to see, you know, some different pesticide applications that are a little bit more aggressive to try to keep our, our insect disease and weed pest problems minimized. And then certainly when a grower uh, finishes the curing process and they take the tobacco down out of the barn, uh, they're instead of just kind of stripping leaves off and sorting them into maybe two to four different piles very quickly, you know, a grower is almost going to look at every single leaf and try to make a quick assessment on what kind of quality and what kind of grade that's going to go into. Um, and then it's going to be delivered to a, a receiving station uh, for commercial sale. So again, the, the major difference is going to be in how the plant looks. It's a, a dark tobacco, so it's a very dark green. It's going to be a lot shorter than burley. And then again, and how we're going to uh, provide crop protection inputs and then how we're going to harvest and handle a little bit of that that crop. So there, there are, again, some very good overlaps, which is why we thought this might be a good transitional crop. Um, but as we've learned you know, over the last three or four years, 
it's not a, a one to, it's not a one off thing that it's a, a one to one transition. There are some some learning curves and there are some major differences uh, that can be, again, the difference between success and failure. While there's much to learn about growing cigar wrapper tobacco, North Carolina growers are primed to make it profitable. I really believe, and I think that the folks that that have worked with this crop in the state now believe that North Carolina is a great fit because of our history of tobacco production. We, you know, as you alluded to, we have the infrastructure, we have the knowledge, but we've got the the North Carolina North Carolina Ag Research Service and the North Carolina Cooperative Extension Service here to work hand in hand to, you know test certain inputs and certain ways to grow this crop to find successes in sustainability and production. And then also, again, the the cooperative extension network that can deliver that. You know, our climate, uh, I believe, is going to be uh, a good climate to grow this style of tobacco. The diversity of our, you know, our maybe our, um, you know, localized production areas as you go from the coastal plain to the mountains. You know, we could find some some niche areas to produce this crop again, where growers have the experience of tobacco production, where they're not entering into a, a completely new market. So I think it's it's all of these things. The, the growers are here. We've got a good climate for it. We've got the infrastructure. We've got the knowledge. And then we've got NC State University and, and North Carolina Cooperative Extension that can kind of get us over the hump and, and share the knowledge that we have. Currently, around 25 to 30 farmers are producing cigar wrapper tobacco in North Carolina, Many are starting with small plots, one or two acres, to test production and become comfortable with the crop. So as I understand it, we've got a a cluster of growers uh, in the Appalachian Mountain uh, region. Um, We we then come out of out of the mountain range. I would say, you know, the upper Piedmont is going to be kind of the next big hub for production. Um, I, I have found that, you know, we do have a cluster of growers maybe from uh, Rockingham County uh, in the Reedsville area, coming back east to Granville County um, in the Oxford area. And then there's a few outline growers that might be east of Oxford or east of Granville County uh, going back towards, you know, maybe Halifax County. But again, I think the largest concentration we have is going to be in that upper Piedmont area uh, of the state, again, probably between Raleigh and Greensboro going back north to the Virginia line. I think for right now, they have a soil system, um, you know, with, with having these really fine uh, clay soil systems, uh, you know, they, they've got a good system for this, this production. Uh, the growers there, in a lot of cases, are typically a little bit smaller than our tobacco farmers in the, in the eastern coastal plain. Uh, so I think this has been a good fit for them to, again, find a way to diversify their tobacco portfolio uh, again, because they might be landlocked because of urbanization or rotational restrictions. Uh, again, because that production region is generally a little bit smaller than what we would see in the east. Um, you know, my, my personal feeling, if we look at historically where this tobacco is grown, and that's going to be the Connecticut River Valley in Massachusetts and Connecticut. You know, if you want to compare climate apples to apples, the again the mountain range is is where this is going to really find a, a good fit you've got heavier soil types uh, again they're they're not very sandy so they can retain a lot of nutrients um you know you you rarely uh, get above 90 degrees at a lot of our research stations in the mountains so again it's a just a much less stressful environment compared to eastern north carolina where it seems like 90 degrees is is sort of the benchmark for every day 
Um, so again, I, I, I just thinking about the physiology of this plant, I think that the Piedmont and the western part of the state are probably going to be a little bit more natural fit, but we could certainly produce it in the east. But again, for where we are today, it just seems like there's been a little bit more aggressive pursuit of growers from private industry uh, in that upper Piedmont area. And then and then I would say secondarily uh, in the mountains. In the next few years, Van and his team will continue research and hone in on recommendations they can pass along to farmers interested in growing cigar wrapper tobacco. So we were very fortunate to uh, receive funding from the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services with the New and Emerging Crops Program. Uh, the grant we were able to, um, you know, be awarded, we're using funding really for three main causes or three different objectives, um, you know, from, from that grant. So the first would be establishing some fertilizer recommendation, uh, recommendations for, for this style of tobacco. And within that, we're looking at two different nutrients, nitrogen and potassium. Um, and we're using the funds for that objective to look at, you know, to, to conduct plant tissue testing, soil testing, all kinds of, of things that, that we can help, again, build a sustainable model for nutrient management. The second objective is to look at using uh, some of our flu-cured uh, barns that growers would use to cure flu-cured tobacco, using some of those barns and, and some of the curing programs that we're familiar with to perhaps cure this, this cigar tobacco. As I mentioned before, this is an air-cured style of tobacco where you don't really manipulate the barn conditions, or you certainly don't manipulate them as much as you do with the flu curing process. So with that, we're not really we're not really addressing barn temperature. We're not really addressing barn humidity, and that's again something that we would do with flu cured tobacco. So we've got uh, Grant Ellington over in in uh, biological and agricultural engineering. Uh, working with us to try to, again, hone in on something um, as a way to possibly duplicate and, and reuse some of these flu cured barns. Uh, and then the third objective would be a production budget. You know, we we're obviously talking about a very expensive crop to grow. So with that, I think it's a good idea for us to have some kind of idea for what what an input cost per acre might be. It's It's really... When, when you start talking about cigar tobacco and somebody hears what the commercial value uh, can be, that's really appealing to a farmer, particularly if they have all this tobacco equipment that they can't use for other crops. But there's always the caveat of if, if this is the, you know, my potential for my per acre revenue, what what's my input cost going to be? So we're trying to really nail that down and get a handle for, for what that might look like, just so farmers have a good idea from start to finish of what they, they may be up against. Van is optimistic that cigar wrapper tobacco has incredible potential to succeed in North Carolina and should be the next big crop that farmers add into their rotation. I would venture to say that in terms of new and emerging crops, this one is probably as turnkey ready to go as anything that's that's come along. You know, we already have tobacco companies that are that are bona fide businesses that are operating in this state. We have manufacturers in this state. Um, so this is not something that is completely coming out of left field or right field. It's, it's really, again, just kind of a transition within an already existing industry. Thank you for joining us on Farms, Food, and You. This podcast is a product of NC State Extension and the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences at North Carolina State University. If you would like to support the show, 
please share this episode on social media and leave a review on your podcasting app of choice. We'd love to hear from you. Let's talk soon.